0: Eligible trade in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced
1: speed. See store for details.
0: You are locked on. Locked on.
2: Locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Hornets live, in fact, here on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. So glad you took the time out of your evening to join us to talk some Hornets basketball. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in B E A BEAUtiful, uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. David is on vacation, but filling in is, uh, you know her as Calamity James. On Twitter and on the showdown here on the show, Claire James. It's hello, hello, hello. Welcome.
3: Welcome. It's that's LeJean said. Brames.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Oh,
3: God. And holding
1: down the left block, he covers the Hornets for ESPN Charlotte, but his heart is in Dallas.
3: You know what? Justin I, Thomas. That couldn't have been a better introduction. You know, this is going to be a great year, guys. I'm I'm excited.
1: Are you, how, how are you feeling, Bob? I haven't asked you really. How, how are you feeling after Clifford uh, singled you out a little bit? Are you yeah. okay? It's uh, rough.
3: You know, I, I did have to grieve a little bit. Um, people were, you know, letting me know their feelings and on I, Twitter.
1: I, I, you, you it had nothing to do with Clifford. It had the the people on Twitter were, were letting they you were, have it.
3: They were very aggressive. Um, I feel You're like
1: brave to wear that to continue to wear the hat.
3: I think. it is, and you know, I've got lectured um, from some of my higher ups um, not to wear it. And understand, I don't want you to wear fan gear sporting events. That, that's very understandable. But I don't think they understand how cold it is in that arena.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's brave to be a fan of a team that's won multiple championships. Five, that has baby. An owner five. owner that is so brave. That's of right, you. Doug. Keep going. So brave. All right, we've got so a great. We're not going to talk about this anymore. We've got a great show ahead. Plenty to talk about on the Hornets front. Uh, someone on Twitter joked that uh, on the on the Locked On Hornets uh, morning hits that we do, that I sound like disappointed dad. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that sounds about
0: right.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not, it's not totally inaccurate. I don't have that. Uh, I, well, first of all, David is a dad, so I don't have that sort of counterbalancing force from him uh, in the mornings. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on with the Hornets right now. Obviously, a lack of defense, an issue, and people are... The chatter is starting as we turn over the calendar. People always want to start talking trades when we hit Jan one, and and this year is no exception. We'll do that. We'll do the showdown. We've got some phase or stays. That's a fan favorite. Make sure you're on Twitter at Locked On Hornets letting us know. Or I'm going to pop over into this chat room right now. You can chat with us on YouTube Live here. Uh, ask us a question. Maybe I'm sure you've got. So we've already we already have some on Twitter uh, trade suggestions. So we'll get to all those as well. Before we dive into our step back 3, got to mention this bit of Hornets news that came down the wire today, a report from Yahoo Sports and Adrian Wojnarowski. The Hornets are waiving Aaron Harrison before the Friday deadline that would have guaranteed his contract amounting to $874,000. That's a lot of money. Harrison was undrafted back. Well, that's a lot of money to us. Yeah, it is. I know. I was going to say, yeah, it is
2: a lot of money. Harrison
1: was undrafted back in 2015. This season with the Hornets, uh, he spent most of his time with the D-League affiliate Greensboro Swarm. The Hornets now have an open roster spot. Their roster sits at 14. No word on what the Hornets plan to do with that spot at this time. Let's go to the panel here for thoughts on this. Justin,
3: the Hornets waving Aaron Harrison. You know, in sports, everybody likes to say potential, potential, potential. He has great size. He's athletic. He could do this. He could do that. Right. Long story short, Mr. Harrison just wasn't that good of a basketball player.
1: Well, hold on now. I'm. Mean, you Yeah. Know, I think he's. He's probably a fine basketball player. But you know, I think situations sometimes dictate. And this is a veteran. I think this is what people have to understand is that. This team is a veteran-focused team. Mm -hmm. It is. Clifford doesn't – they don't take many flyers. This is not the Miami Heat where they dig into their D-League squad, right?
2: Right. Well, and also they haven't had as many years to develop the D-League squad either. This is the first year of the Greensboro Swarm. So, you know, really, you wave him, and I think this is just Cho setting up to be Cho looking for another –
1: yeah, and opening trade a, ro- and a well, listen, and- an opening a roster spot, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sign anyone. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make a trade. But now. The option is there. Yeah. The a little a teeny bit of money is freed up, mm-hmm. uh, too, and and I think they they may still have a trade exception, so there could be a little bit more money freed up. Right. So we will we'll pay it. To, you have to pay attention to this team around the trade deadline because they make small splashes, but they often end up to be consequential. So we'll see if that's the case this year as well. Go well,
2: ahead. case in point with the trade exception, I think that trade exception actually came from the Courtney Lee trade from mm-hmm. last year. So you know 875 yeah. something like that whatever it was. Well, you know yeah. that's not a whole lot but yeah. when you add in that trade exception you know could be something I
1: think they what well, yeah it's either Courtney Lee or the Troy Daniels deal oh, when they sent Troy Daniels. Daniels to Memphis I believe they got uh, I believe it's 1.5 somewhere around there so cool. they've got some you know now they've got a little bit of maneuvering room as they as they will certainly be I don't necessarily know that they will be buyers But they certainly will be in the conversation. Okay, time now to do what we always do to begin the show. We're going to step back. Wow. Three things we saw in the past week of Hornets action that uh, maybe we saw it, maybe we heard it, we liked it, we want to talk about it here on the show. Claire, we will start with you. What you got?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So. This is one that Kemba, you know, didn't quite make the shot, started to celebrate a little bit yeah. early.
1: Well, it's right, so not yeah. great.
2: Twitter had their moment. Everything like that. But bouncing, it- bouncing and here, here's
1: here, here's the oh. here's the shot though though the reaction afterwards. Dink dink. Oh oh! oh. Hit the shimmy! Hit the shimmy! What did you <laughs> think oh, about this? so away?
2: close, so oh, close. I oh, know no. <laughs> exactly. Well, to me, this is basically the season in a nutshell, uh-huh. right? I mean, we started off six and one. We started off playing really well, high energy, high intensity. Um, we lost to some good teams. You know, the first time we played Cavaliers, we played them pretty good, even though we lost them. Spurs, I'll get to mm-hmm. that in the showdown. But honestly we were playing pretty well and then all of a sudden i think we just either lost focus lost aggression something like that and when you're not aggressive you miss opportunities and that was a missed opportunity
1: justin a few people on twitter facebook especially on the at the hive.com facebook were a little upset at kimball walker for celebrating too early doing his best nick young impression swaggy peeing it up mm-hmm. what do you think about that
3: i liked it <laughs> <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're around Kimba, Kimba's a very. Color
1: me, surprise. I did.
3: I, I liked it. I'm a very um, outgoing person. fan loves the show. You know, I, I do like, I like a little circus, you. a good uh. circus. <laughs> he likes the ooh, the ah. Uh. See, that's what I'm talking about. Can I get that one more time? <laughs> I like to see ooh, ah. Uh. Thank you. And you know, Kimba is a. If you're around him, he's a real quiet guy. But mm-hmm. on the basketball court, his personality shows. And that time, it's New Year's, my man was getting excited. He thought the bucket was down.
2: And you right know. now, Kiva has to be confident. He's the only one that's out right, exactly. looking that good. Exactly,
1: uh, Justin, what do you have? What are we stepping back to this week?
3: There is one positive, uh, mm-hmm. despite how the Hornets have been playing. And I'm going to go with my man, Jeremy Lamb. Marco Bellinelli has been out with the ankle sprain, and somebody had to come in and play Well, and then with ben Bellinelli being on the sideline, Lamb has played well. Um, he's not lost as often as he was last year. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. being aggressive. Um, and I think that just all goes back to Clifford saying, you know, when they sat down and talked, he said there are some things that he needed to do to you know, become a world pro, and, and he wasn't doing those things last year. So I feel like he went to the offseason, he worked on those things, kind of honed his craft a little bit, doing the little things, and now it's paying off for him.
0: Look at Jeremy Lamb with his hair.
1: Slim Slam! All right, no, Jeremy Lamb, 9.3 points. Uh, He's averaging uh, uh, 45% from the field, 46% from the field. Both of those career highs. you got to like what you see out of Jeremy Lamb. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he's giving the team what they need on that second unit, which is a shot taker and a shot maker. Mm -hmm. That's
2: right. Absolutely.
1: All right, uh, I'm stepping back to the most explosive play of last week's action. It's, uh, of course, I, I sort of previewed this on Twitter, what I was going to go with. Let's check it out. Yeah, yeah, there we go. All right. Oh, Kimba. Oh, messed up the dribble, but he sends it down to Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams with a huge down. Oh, my God, he falls down. That's how huge it was. Tremendous. Oh, man. The, the great thing about this is that Kimba, the dribble to get it to Marvin and then the mm. ball fake, oh, man, just a great... A great play there by Marvin Williams, and you I didn't expect – I mean, I you know, but we've seen Marvin throw some down. He had one against, i say, like Toronto or the Lakers last season that made all kinds of highlight reels. Uh, when he gets a full head of steam, he's still just occasionally – Shows that athleticism that made him such an exciting prospect coming out of UNC all of those years ago. Gotta love Marvin. Williams I didn't even there.
3: know Marvin. I haven't seen Marvin jump that high probably since his days at Carolina.
1: Well, listen, you know what? When he blocks shots, maybe, but yeah. not not going up offensively.
3: You know like this? I, I was shocked. I was like Marvin. <laughs> took me a step back. I was happy for
2: the guy. Yeah. Well, I was going to say anything other than transition. I mean, that was out of a set offensive play. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't have the time to basically build up his momentum in order to yeah. get that jump, but hey, Sean, it? I like showing he still it. got it. A little I like bit.
1: it. All right, some folks on Twitter already commenting, "Please remove Justin Thomas NBA's hat."
3: <laughs> Guys,
1: People come on. <laughs> Hey, I didn't mention. Uh, got to give a big thanks and a shout out to uh, producer Kurt, Captain Kurt, on the Dropity Drops. Yeah, he, you've heard him already, and he he did me a big favor and got me one of these uh, Nick Batum starting lineups, starting lineup action figures at the Chicago game a little over a week ago, and I just wanted it to add it to the collection here in front. I'm gonna make some like collectors scream. <gasps> oh God, no! Don't open it. Oh, so oh no, yeah, I'm doing Some it. People, because yeah. look, you know, you gotta, you gotta, life is too short. Mm-hmm. Life is mm-hmm. way too short. We gotta put him, we're gonna put him front and center.
3: Hold you on. know, I had an Allen Iverson bobblehead once, and my cousin broke it. I almost <laughs> cried. I was like eight. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> cool. cool story, bro. Uh-oh. Yeah,
2: hey. all right. That's a big-out figurine that's still alive and kicking.
1: All right. Let's preview the question of the show. Each week, we're asking you our question of the show. I preview this on Twitter as well at Locked On Hornets. Uh, you can send us your response there on Twitter, and it will um, we'll read it here on the show. Or you can send it to us in the YouTube dot com chat room. The question is: What is your number one storyline of this Hornet season so far? We are approaching. The halfway point in the season. What is your number one storyline? We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, we got to check out our friends over at Locked On NBA. David Locke, uh, our fearless leader, doing great work over there at Locked On NBA. He had a chance to sit down with with, uh, Zach Harper, uh, famed NBA writer and analyst, to talk about this quiet trade market, guys. The trade market so far. We heard a little bit about Nerlens. And a little bit about a few other guys, but so far the trade market is not lit a fire and they speculate on some reasons why. Let's take a listen.
0: Uh, other than maybe Nerland's Noel, I feel like my
1: opinion of who the first domino is going to be seems to change week to week.
0: It seemed like by now we would have Rudy Gay traded, right? Like a month into the season, Rudy Gay should have been traded or Nerland's Noel should have been traded. Or Tom Thibodeau should have pulled, you know, his remaining hair out and at least made a move for a bench player. But yeah, it does seem to be really kind of a mild trade season, and I just wonder: was that is that simply a factor of still increased, you know, a significant jump, and maybe not as significant as we thought, but a significant jump in the salary cap heading into next summer, which I do think kind of depresses some of this stuff, and then on top of that them trying to hammer out a new CBA, does that make everyone a little more gun shy because you don't want to acquire someone. And then a few months from now, uh, the CBA has changed enough to where that looks like a, you know, a questionable move. So why the cat, why is the cap
1: jump muting deals instead of allowing people the freedom to make deals?
0: Because I think it makes everyone else think, I think it makes a lot of GMs think, Oh, well, I'll have the move, I'll have the money or the cap room to do something this summer. I don't have to give up assets. I really thought like that was a reason maybe the trades weren't as crazy as we thought last trade deadline because I think a lot of teams looked at it and said, "Why am I going to give up a, a you know, a, a draft pick, a young prospect, whatever, if I can just go out and sign this guy this summer?" And and maybe that's maybe that's me misreading the situation, but I really do think that these salary cap jumps are are kind of depressing because you have a lot of teams just thinking, you know, I don't need to give anything up.
1: All right. Again, that's David Locke from Locked on NBA. You can subscribe to that. That was just one piece of a really, really good podcast. Uh, head over to iTunes right now, search Locked on NBA, and listen to uh, David Locke. He's got some, he's lined up some just really amazing uh, NBA interviews. You want to check that out because it's going to keep you knowledgeable on the rest of the league. And uh, make sure if you haven't subscribed to us yet on iTunes, Locked on Hornets. And check out the entire Locked on Network. It's your team every day. Locked on Panthers. If maybe you're not a Panthers fan, you want to check out another NFL team. Maybe you're a frigging Cowboys fan. You want to check out Locked on Cowboys. uh, (laughs) Definitely do that. And and Zach Harper there with some interesting thoughts, speculation on why the trade market is is a little quiet, including, you know, the Hornets haven't really gotten in there and, and shaken things up. So, do you buy that? That a lot of this is, again, salary cap. It's going to go up again next season. And teams, uh, every team thinks they can make the big move in the off season. So, everybody wants to hold back and, and just figure out where things are.
3: I think teams are just, I feel like they're being safe i um, cautious. Mm-hmm. Usually, a lot of people, you know, like you always feel like I'm one piece away and, or if I make this move. But, you know, now with the salary cap, I think guys are, where well, they were eager before, they're like, let's hold off a bit. We're going to try to ride with this roster we have and hopefully we can make some moves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Claire.
2: Yeah, um, I can see that. I think also, The NBA has been pretty busy lately. They just came up with a new CBA agreement. And so I think that a lot of their owners' owners focuses were on creating that new CBA in order to prevent a lockout and what have you. So I think now, you know, not that you can't focus on two things at once, especially with NBA owners, but at the same time, like, that new CBA was a pretty big deal and- Again, in addition to the new uh, salary cap, in addition to the salary cap going up next year, I, yes, I do agree with that. I think that there are a few other extenuating factors as well. Not to mention how many players moved around the league this past offseason. I think that that's also a huge one as well. They're still trying to figure out who fits where, especially with their new team. As Hornets fans, we're kind of used to this because we always have a bunch of new players on the, our team each year.
1: Yeah, so you don't have teams. But, you don't have teams that. Um, you don't have teams that have to dump salary necessarily. So there's right. that. I mean, there's not the the onus. There's not that uh, lubrication, uh, for lack of a better term, <laughs> yeah. in the trade market uh, to get things going. And another thing, too, though, I think is that you've got Cleveland in the East mm-hmm. and you've got the Golden State Warriors in the West that seem to be inevitable, that it's going to be another rematch or I mean, and even in the West, they've, you know, you've got San Antonio in the East, you've got the Raptors, but after that, it's a pretty steep drop off. So I wonder if just some of these teams are going, I don't know if it's worth it this season mm-hmm. to, to mix the lineup, get committed to a certain guy, whether it be Paul Millsap or Rudy Gay, or some of these other trade pieces, uh, you know, for the, and you take the Hornets, for example, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, deeper here in a second, but I don't know if it's, it's beneficial for them to make a significant jump because, what is that what does that ultimately accomplish if if there's no you know you take a paul millsap in a one year rental like what does that really ultimately accomplish long term if if you know that really there's a there's a dominance in both conferences that you're not going to be able to really overcome
2: i i completely agree because i think that you know again just going back to Rich Cho, he he's not afraid to take those one-year loaners. You know, we got, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Mo Williams, we got that him for one year. Yep. Uh, Roy Hibbert, we signed for one year. Nick and that Batum was, the off Nick Batum was in yep. an expiring deal. Sure. Absolutely. Cho, uh, well, no. and also Courtney Lee. <laughs> but, <Cho knows. laughs> uh, but also Courtney Lee as well. So, you know, he's not afraid to just kind of throw it out there. But he's not every single owner. He's not every single GM or, uh, out there. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of GMs that tend to kind of play it safe and uh, Nick, or I'm sorry, Rich Cho is just not one of them.
1: Well, let us know what you think. Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Uh, chat with us in the YouTube.com uh, chat room. Uh, let's talk about the Hornets situation, though, right now. Calling this Hornets DEFCON, because I can feel the panic meters starting to go off amongst Hornets fans uh, on social media, on local radio. So let's talk about that panic meter at this point in the season. We're nearing the halfway point. We've seen two sides to this team. We've seen, uh, uh, you know, an incredible start by the Hornets. They've played much better offense than we thought they would play, and they've played. Um, but on the other side, they've played far uh, less effectively on defense. Despite the defensive rating numbers, they've just been so up and down. Um, I know after that loss, one eighteen to one eleven to the Chicago Bulls, where they gave up another fourth quarter lead. Uh, fans are starting to mull all kinds of trade ideas, rotation changes. Let's just start with this question. Justin, where is your panic meter with this Charlotte Hornets organization right now? And just in terms of this season.
3: I, I sat back and, and thought of this, went back and forth. I'm settling on a six. Okay, six I, out I, of I, ten. Yeah, so that's still
1: six. over halfway. Why?
3: Why? It's not the All-Star break. I feel like if this was post-All-Star break, I'd probably have it as an eight. Okay, But before there's, there's time for improvement, excuse me, there's room for improvement. You know, there's a lot of basketball left. Um, and it's, like, how they're losing, it's fixable. You know, they're in a lot of these ball games, but when it matters, they just t- tend to come up short. And I feel like you can kind of coach guys through that. And, and it's still, I wouldn't say early in the season, but you've played some basketball now. So I feel like now, knowing that the Hornets have these shortcomings, I feel like you can kind of coach these guys to the All-Star break, like, hey, we could be here if we could show up these things.
1: Yeah, it's certainly they, they've had moments where it looked like things were going to be okay. So you you can see light at the end of the tunnel. I think when you compare it to a situation like what the New York Knicks are going through, they've lost five straight games. Uh, the talent that they were going to win now, it's not happening. Fans are getting frustrated. Players are getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. So it's not similar to that situation. Claire, where is your panic meter right now?
2: I was going to give it a 6, to 6.5 out of 10. Um, I'm kind of in the same place as Justin right now. I agree. You know, there's still time to fix this. And we have the all-star break. How much of these issues are due to fatigue, how much of these issues are due to just not being aggressive. You know, again, Cody and Marco are out. And those are two big players from each unit, basically. You know, Cody from the first unit, Marco from the second unit. Um, Right now we're going through a bit of a three, and I know we're going to get into this later, but we're, you know, three-point shooting stretch that were not great. But if you're shooting a three-pointer, you're going to go through slumps. And again, all those are fixable. All those are temporary. I'm Not too worried, but I do think that, at the very least, Kemba needs to get help. And whether that's another backup point guard or just someone on the first unit to step it up a little bit more, I think that the first thing that needs to be fixed is get Kemba help.
1: Uh have you have you listened to my latest diatribe about about the backup point guard situation? If you haven't listened to it, uh go check out I think it was yeah a Monday's episode I kinda went in on this. I just don't think they need a backup point guard.
2: I I, 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 I know and I disagree. Why, why, why do
1: you feel like that's such because again, I, I feel like mm-hmm. they aren't looking to they haven't been looking to Ramon Sessions to fill that Jeremy Lin role all season. Right. Marco Bellinelli is getting healthy. I don't think they're going to do that. They need uh, someone that can just organize the offense, focus on distributing the basketball. Because you know, when Nick Batum's not in there, when they have MKG on that second unit for defense, mm-hmm. uh, the the distribution when there's Roy Hibbert in there instead of of Spencer Hawes, they need that distribution. They need that ball movement, and Ramon Sessions has done that very well this season. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't know if replacing him is is what they need.
2: Well, also, I was interested to see. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was interested to see. Clifford play Kemba and Ramon at the same time on the court. So, I mean, right now he's starting to experiment with the lineups a little bit that, you know, maybe it's not necessarily backup point guard or whatever. But right now, Ramon Sessions, he's been playing kind of all over the court, too. So I I think it remains to be seen. I, I would like to get another backup point guard in there just in case Kemba goes down. And then also Kemba can't keep up this clip for the rest of the season. That's the other thing right now. I mean, he's. Playing basically all out, and eventually you've got to give him some reprieve.
1: All right, we got a couple tweets here. I want to read, and then Justin, I'll get your thoughts on this. Got to, again, trade talk is is all the rage, especially on Fansided.com, where where they're just trading everybody. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter cool. whether you're Seth everybody. Curry or <laughs> Seth Curry, they're trading you to somebody. It's getting ridiculous, yeah. as it always does. But we got a tweet here from at Dalton Snow uh, after we tweeted the news. Uh, that Paul Millsap appears from reports to be content in Atlanta. I tweeted that he could learn to love Charlotte. You can, it's like, it's like beauty and the beast we we're, we're, you could learn to love us, Paul, just give us a chance, Paul. Uh, no Dalton snow wants to know realistically, what could we offer for a Paul Millsap? And I'll expand this further to you guys. What could we offer to a Paul Millsap? I know a lot of people get upset about any suggestion of Rudy Gay or DeMarcus cousins or any Sacramento King, but uh, any of these big splashes that they could make, what is it realistic that the Hornets could offer that would attract teams?
3: I think you're gonna have to put together at least three guys.
1: You, you even you think they have the guy? I, th- I think it's picks, right? I mean, they they would have to really uh, sort of put together a, a Brooklyn to Boston type package, right, where they're giving multiple picks,
2: which Chell has done in the past as well. You, you know, I think it was two years ago when we got jeremy lamb uh in a basically a three-way deal i think it was during the off season mm-hmm. but it was between oklahoma city us and memphis and that was that
1: one was that when luke riddenauer uh, like yeah, uh, he, packed and unpacked a suitcase I, about 15 I times i think he's on was every
2: single nba team delta like, wouldn't even, delta two, wouldn't
1: through, even through, take his phone calls season. anymore sir you've yeah. changed your flight too many times yeah
2: exactly but you know, i think he's on every single nba team during that off season but yes i mean. So Charlotte's yes, done he's that been before. fluid. Yeah, Charlotte's... he's been
1: fluid with the picks, but I it hasn't it been like sort of low. I mean, there it's this is not. Listen, we'll be honest. The Hornets uh, not prolific at drafting lately, no. so no, uh, you know true. it, it be, the the picks themselves become. Uh, I think uh, it probably not to the organization. I'm sure the organization still uh you know feels that these the picks are are great assets but to outside observers the picks would be uh less valuable to the hornets than they were would be to uh some teams that are perceived as good drafting teams mm-hmm. but i still think you have to be careful whenever you start discussing that but you know i just look across this roster uh, we talked about Jeremy Lamb and Spencer mm-hmm. Hawes as being possible trade assets because uh, their contracts were a little lower, and so you could you know maneuver them in ways that you couldn't with some of these other players that signed bigger deals because of the new money in the league. Mm-hmm. But now I just I don't know. I, I think I mean Jeremy Lamb probably has of the of the players that that I believe the Hornets would part with. I think Jeremy Lamb probably has the most. Trade Sway.
2: value mm-hmm.
1: even more than Frank Kaminsky because of his struggles this yes. season.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, a lot of talk from fans about trading MKG. What do we think about that?
3: It depends on what you're trying to get for him. Um, you're insane. <laughs> I do. I, any? I think there's only one person that's, that you're not moving.
1: He's finally healthy, and yeah. you feel like he's he's movable.
3: I do. Not saying that you act, you actively shop him, but yes, he can be moved. The only untouchable is Kimba. Everybody else can get moved.
2: I agree that the only untouchable, absolute untouchable is Kemba, but I think that MKG is really close to being untouchable because I think that right now, I I agree with Doug, I mean, you know, he's finally healthy. There aren't that many guys in the league who are as good at defense as he is. And I think that that is a, if you're going to value offense over defense, I mean, for this team, I think they're valuing defense right now. So I think that I I agree. I think Lamb is probably if we're going to make a splash in the trade market, he's probably the first one to go. Uh, Potentially Spencer, kind of to sweeten the deal a little bit. But you know, right now, especially because we don't have a
1: deal like a delicious (laughs) man bun. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but yeah, no, I think that right now, I don't. I don't think MKG is. Going to go anywhere? MKG, Sorry, guys.
3: No, I don't think pointers. he's going anywhere. But
1: uh, well, and I think what what fans the 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 ones that are suggesting this, I think what they're seeing is they were they they were expecting MKG to be able to hit what that bite just talked about, hit three <laughs> pointers, and he's not doing that. So now the Hornets are forced offensively, at least in the first unit, to play. Uh, two in three out which is not you know what Clifford really wants to play which is four out one in Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of awkwardness there and then I think there's a perception and and I don't think it's totally fair but I think there is a little bit of a perception that his defense has has fallen off Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that I think that uh, you know, certainly the Hornets have run into several star players that he's had to be on night after night yeah. because you can't put Nick Batum on them. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, that's all, it's always going to be tough. But when the rest of the defense behind him is not playing well either, it's just it's all w- – w- with this defense especially, I think it's all, um, it's all dominoes. And once the dominoes start to fall, once the intensity is not there with almost every single player – and I'm sure Clifford would argue every single player. Then you know, yes, MKG is going to look bad. But you heard Clifford uh, after the Bulls game say, you know, uh, Kimba Walker played well offensively, right. emphasis on offensively. And so it's it's everyone that's accountable on this defense on these defensive lapses right now, not just necessarily MKG. Um, his rebounding has been big to this team. So I I think that I don't think they're going to trade MKG. I would put. I would put Nick I would put both Nick Batum and Marvin Williams in the untouchable category. Mm. Hear me out. Because I don't think you make those deals in the offseason and then turn around and move them unless you want to have a reputation as a team that pulls the old bait and switch. Because right. Marvin took less money. Nick Batum. Uh, probably it was near Max, but it wasn't Max. I'm sure if he had explored free agency further, there would have been, and I'm speculating here, one of our favorite things to do on the show, by the way, but I'm sure there would have been other opportunities for him. And if you if you pull the rug out now, I just, it goes against everything I feel like we brag on this organization for, or at least have bragged on them for the past few years in terms of their uh, style and building a team. I just don't – and – on top of that, not sure what the value is, and I'm not sure what what player you could acquire. You
3: no, know, this is what happens when when you hit rough stretches. Everybody can be traded. Mm-hmm. Guys we're we're moments like, away from people like. saying
1: that the Hornets are Eastern Conference Finals contenders. It, that's what we're teeter yes, exactly. teeter tottering at this point on Twitter. Uh, oh, we'll get to the storylines in a second. We got some other tweets on uh, this Hornets DefCon thing. This is the best. Civrock on Twitter saying, "I wonder if." Uh, Trevion Graham and Christian Wood would show more effort, maybe motivate the starters to play better and more consistently with added competition. Thanks for the tweet, tweets of rock. Really appreciate it. But
2: no, oh, like you they can't, have, no, yeah. you
1: can't do that. You yeah. can't. No. Listen, um, you know this team needs uh, all the firepower it can get. It needs uh, all of the veteran experience it can get at this point. Especially, you know, you don't want to. That's quicksand material, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to try to dig yourself out like that.
2: Right, exactly. And I think that, you know, I would go back even to a few years ago of Noah Vonley. Uh, he was this incredibly athletic center. It, we needed guys like him, but he got hurt during the preseason as a rookie and yeah. never was able to fully catch up. And Clifford didn't put him out there because he wasn't comfortable with his experience level. And so you're you're, you're not going to see Trayvon Graham and, and Wood playing much unless something catastrophic happens where three of our starting centers or forwards are injured. it takes take you're just a lot again, yeah. the, the, So <laughs> yeah, here's the, here's the
1: thing, Sivrock, like you, you may get, you, you see this all the time. Guys uh, get injured, backup point mm-hmm. guards come in and give the team a boost. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But first of all, it, it doesn't last very long. It, it becomes riskier and riskier as time moves on. And the damage that you would do, Just the chemistry of the team by making a maneuver like that, unless someone was injured, would be uh, more devastating than it would be worth to get that short-term bump. You know they're taking the long-term approach on this, and and you know this is a thing that I think ultimately, because I don't know if there's a ton of trade options that make sense for the Hornets at this point that are realistic. I think this is a situation that they're going to have to pull out of themselves. And, again, we've seen them play good defense this season. It is possible. (laughs) Last note on this, though, even uh, our friend Chris Kroger from WFNZ uh, getting in on the trade talk uh, uh, tweeted after that Bulls loss, every day that goes by, Hornets marching closer to a trade being a priority, not a luxury if they want to make a playoff run. People people keep saying I'm crazy for saying that they may not make the playoffs if they continue to play this way, but I really feel that way. Oh, uh,
3: it could – I don't even say anymore. That 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 is that's very true. They they when it matters, I don't understand what happens. Um, Nick Batum and and his mental lapses on defense, and I I mean like everybody's staring at the rim, but nobody grabs a rebound.
2: Yep. I I can't remember the last time that happened. To be honest with you,
3: I mean is is there are small things that that can be fixed.
1: There are things that are. Uh, again that go against the fundamentals of this team that you mm-hmm. know are talked about every practice over and over and over and they're not being regarded so that's that's one of the really weird issues with the team right now uh, but it's interesting it's interesting to keep an eye yeah. on. All right, time for our question of the show. <laughs> Always question Questions help us learn things new. Question marks are very cool, especially when you're in school. Always question when you try. You'll find out where and why. Question marks are very fun. Let's break them down now, one by one. Question of the show: What's your number one storyline for the Hornets this first half of the season? Let us know what you think. What your number one storyline is. On Twitter, our first tweet comes from Daniel, who says, It's inconsistency. He probably he might have stole one of your answers. I apologize if you did. But that has been Daniel's number one storyline. Thank you so much, Daniel, for the tweet. You can also chat with us live here on YouTube if you are watching along. Oh, and they are coming in. Let me see if I can – while you guys give yours, I'll, I'll check this chat room out. Justin, we'll start with you. What's been your number one storyline for this season?
3: I was going to go with inconsistency. I, th- I thought that was good, but – I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with another word. I'm going to piggyback off Clifford. Toughness. Um, last year, you know, there were times we were playing in, early into the season. And you thought, okay, this team could really be good. And they 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 lot let some close games slip away. And then as the season progressed, they got a little tougher. And they learned how to win. They learned how to close. They, know, they learned how to not let leads go. They knew how to finish teams. And now that's not the same. They're in games. You think they have it, but then there's somebody that just goes through the lane untouched for a layup. Or there's a there's a lazy closeout and a guy hits a three. It's almost like, you know, when it matters, they they tend to, to crumble a little bit. Like, they're just not there. Like, I know I can put some faith in the Kimball when it matters. Cause I feel like he can hit a big shot. But as five guys on the floor right now, when it matters, I don't collectively think they're tough. Um and that's that's hard to say because a lot of guys put a lot of effort and a lot of heart but you know as much as we say these things when you watch it you're just you're scratching your head as how
2: how yeah. why Yeah,
1: Claire, your number one storyline for this
3: first half of the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that inconsistency is definitely an issue. And I will actually take that kind of a step further in that right now, it kind of seems that between the first unit and the second unit, it is the tale of two different teams. They are two completely different teams right now, where the first unit right now being carried by Kemba offensively, uh, but on defensive and rebounding end, you know, they've, they've been pretty good. Maybe not defensive lately, but... Recently, uh, but the second unit, currently gelling and producing offensively, but they have so many defensive lapses. You kind of wonder, you know, where? Yeah, they can score. That's great, but if I have to put some of these guys in at crunch time, how is that going to work out? And right now, I, I've said it on Twitter before, but if Marco Bellinelli comes back and he's shooting the way that he is and he's providing that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me that offensive opportunities, then I will take a few defensive laps here and there, but as an entire second unit, they can't be doing that.
1: All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to the chat room. We've got some action going on here now. Um, And Mark saying his, his storyline, losing fourth quarter leads, Mm -hmm. way too many blown leads. That's correct. Yeah. Seven losses now. Uh, of their 16 have come uh, after leading, coming out of the third quarter. Steve, same thing, uh, losing winnable games. Uh, Drummond ejected early, lost. Lynn injured early, lost. No weight in Rondo, lost. It kills me. Steve is on it. Steve's on it. He's, uh, he also said in the chat room, self-proclaimed biggest Hornets fan from Australia here. Yeah, shout out to the Aussies. Uh, he says, love the show. Thank you so much, Steve. We really appreciate Your listen and his question, where do you see uh, Roy Hibbert? Where is his status as we uh, head into this first half of the season? Cliff said early on that he could be a game changer for us, but uh, Steve doesn't see it. Your your thoughts on Roy Hibbert's impact on this team?
3: This is a very good question. I respect Steve Clifford a ton. Everything he says, I listen, I digest it. He was very – I mean, he sung high praises of Roy Hibbert – and what he can do in his skill set. Yes, he was hurt. He's come back. And honestly, when I watch him on the floor, I'm... Where are these praises? I, I mean, the other night, he had zero rebounds. Not great, Bob. Zero. I'm like, I've, I've watched Roy Hilbert for some years and thought, yo, this is a really good basketball player. And, and things have happened. He went to different teams and all types of other stuff. But in Charlotte, when I've seen him on the floor... Healthy, he hasn't been much. I, mm-hmm. I yesterday I didn't even see him on the. I mean, I watched the game, but I felt like he wasn't even on the floor.
1: Well, we know that you know we knew coming in that rebounding wasn't necessarily his his strength as it would be for a guy normally his size. That he allowed other wings to get rebounds, which is why he would have been a, a beneficial uh a pickup for the Hornets because our wings do rebound. Claire, your thoughts on Roy Hibbert's performance so far.
2: No, absolutely and I think there was the other day that you pointed out that Cody's in there, not Roy Hibbert but kind of the same concept Mm -hmm. Cody's in there he's causing chaos he's getting boxed out so that way MKG or Kemba or one of the smaller guys can come in and grab those rebounds that's a gang rebounding mentality that's been new this year uh and I like it a lot so if Roy Hibbert I understand like he should have a more than zero rebounds a game yes but
1: I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. no
2: but at the same time I'm not exactly expecting him to be leading the team in rebounds either I what I do expect for him to do is go in be aggressive uh draw some fouls and be able to at least cause some chaos in the interior on those rebounds. Like you had mentioned the other day, he was shooting fadeaways. You're yeah. seven foot two. Don't shoot fadeaways.
1: So we talked a lot in the off seat. First of all, you know, I don't know if anyone, even Steve Clifford, as, as high as his praise was, thought that he was going to get back to some – I don't know if any of us thought he was going to get back to that all-star level. It was certainly hopeful, and that would have been been a, a huge boon for uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, but I don't know if it was necessarily expected. Um, I think that we talked a lot in the offseason when, when Hibbert was acquired about his – Confidence and his mentality and how his time in Los Angeles was was rough for him, and and he needed to get that confidence back. And so, I think you saw that in the first game. He's starting uh, Mm -hmm. for the Hornets and and he he played he played extremely well. was very uh, was very mobile, very active, and and then the injury happens in the second game. And I just think it took a lot of the wind out of his. Confidence and Im- impeded his movement, and he got back, and you could see it. The first few games that he came back wasn't moving around very well, and you know I think that that probably again just worked against his mentality, which is on record as being a, a little bit. You have to manage it a little bit, and you know we we just had have, we haven't seen the 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 performance uh that you'd like. But I will say this: he is. He he knows how to start at center. And when you do have an injury to Cody Zeller, he's not giving you the same things that Cody gives you. Um but,
2: but he was never expected to.
1: Right. I don't I don't think he's necessarily a a net negative. He just hasn't been a net positive. Uh and, and I think it's it's just been tough. That front court uh situation has been really tough for, for the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets because you know, the pieces don't – it seems like the pieces don't quite fit with one another, and they're still trying to find some answers in terms of uh, in terms of that front court. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Keep your comments coming. We love this. Uh, Steve saying, uh, taking longer than expected, but MKG is still finding his feet in the starting unit after missing a majority of last season. I don't think he has a definitive role on the offense – uh, from game to game, yeah, I thought he was aggressive early, guys, yeah. uh, and, and was really trying to take that offensive game to the next level, and it didn't necessarily work out. And so we've seen him sort of regress offensively and, and come back to the pack and let Kemba and Nick take more of a lead in the offense. And I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing.
3: It's not. Um, I know on the telecast the other night, and they had when they had Kimba uh, mic'd up. And he was talking to MKG like, yo, shoot that shot. Like, that's, that's the shot that we want you to take because he actually knocked it down. So, and I remember we did the um, – we were drawing that one day, and I gave the upside-down smile. Terrible drawing. But it shows, like, he's trying to get there offensively. The shots aren't falling. I feel like it would be a bigger concern if he wasn't taking the shots, but he has the confidence to actually take the shots. Sometimes they fall, sometimes they don't. And I think him actually taking the shots – that's a step forward. Besides him making them,
1: all right. My uh, my storyline for the first half of this season. I'm going to piggyback off of Justin's answer. Are the Hornets tough enough? Uh, physicality. It's been a big uh, buzzword this season, and physicality isn't about beating people up. It's not a. I mean, it can be, but it's not necessarily about. You know, uh, 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 busting and grinding down low. Right, it's about right. sprinting that extra step. It's mm-hmm. about going for that one loose ball that may make the difference in the game. It's about driving past the point of exhaustion in the fourth quarter, manning up one on one, mano a mano on defense, and not assuming. This is a big thing here. Not assuming that that help defense is going to be behind mm-hmm. you. And so I think that's been a big storyline for the first half of this season and one that they're definitely going to have to turn around. And we're hearing it, uh, and for whatever reason, we're hearing it over and over again, but the message uh, is not translating. You can still let us know what your biggest storylines the first half of this season are, and we'll try to get to them at the end of the show, or uh, we will talk about them throughout the rest of the week. But first... We gotta we gotta go over to Calamity James here. We gotta we gotta do this showdown. You re, you ready for this? It's 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 your time to shine.
2: I was to say, am I ready or are y'all ready? Show, I'm, I am not ready, but uh, you're gonna make me ready. <laughs> you're yeah. not ready either. We are going to go on with it. Alrighty, so this week we've got a bit of a rough week coming up here. So first off, we have OKC Thunder coming in town tomorrow. Right now, it's basically Russell Westbrook versus the world. Uh, He's been phenomenal this year. He's had one of the best all-around years that I've seen recently from anyone. And he's averaging a triple-double with 31-10-10. But the Thunder as a team are an interesting work in progress right now. Because after losing Kevin Durant during the offseason to Golden State, obviously we all know about that, they also lost Victor Oladipo to injury recently as well, which does hurt them because... Here's the thing with Victor Oladipo. He was brought in to basically spread out the floor so Cantor and Adams can go inside and basically do their thing, along with Russell Westbrook to have an option to kick back out to if he needs to. Right now, he's hurt. He's out. Still 7th in the West, 21-14. But what's interesting is that out of those 14 lost games, 7 have been by at least 10 points, including a 114-80 to loss in Memphis, where Russell Westbrook was actually ejected in the third quarter. So, as you can see, that... The Thunder basically go as Russell Westbrook goes right now. Uh, there's really no doubting that. So, MKG, another tough mission here, but hopefully he'll be able to bring them in. Next, we have the Spurs coming up. I'm kind of skipping over Detroit right now, but Spurs are interesting because... That's okay. The
1: Eastern Conference is skipping over Detroit as well.
2: <laughs> God, exactly. Uh, but right now, I'm going to go with the pick-and-roll versus help defense for both teams. Both teams like to run a pick-and-roll offense, especially a spread pick-and-roll offense, and have a help defense. However, uh, Spurs in the past have been very good against defending that pick-and-roll offense, but they don't have Duncan. They don't have DL anymore. Thir- par- Tony Parker is 34 years old. So, you know... They've been set back a little bit. But any team that's coached by Greg Popovich and has uh, Kawhi Leonard and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in the inside is going to be a good defensive team. So the Hornets do have to watch out for that on their pick-and-roll offense. However, I will say that for us, at least, we need uh, (laughs) – well, unfortunately, we don't have Cody and Nick anymore as far as that pick-and-roll offense goes. But we do need our help defense to be able to rotate over and do their thing. So we will keep an eye on that. And next Hornets versus weak side defense right now. I think that on, uh, at least the Cavaliers took a lot of advantage of the weak side defense. Kevin Love had a great game because we weren't rotating over to the weak side like we should have. And he had a bunch of threes props to them however on our offense we have to be able to start hitting those or sorry rotating the ball a little bit better than we have been doing in recent games I think that that's another thing that I've seen where we just haven't been rotating the ball very well so I would like to see us start to pick up that ball rotation a little bit more and then start rotating it over to the weak side defense hopefully Nick can start (coughs) excuse me hopefully Nick can start getting a three but we shall see Finally, me versus New Year's resolutions. So I kind of agree with Stephanie Reddy and Del Curry. I don't really like New Year's resolutions. I think that any time of the year, you can start to eat healthier or save more money. Not that I do either of those things, but <laughs> <laughs> but you can still do it. Um, I don't like to put a whole lot of pressure on myself with like putting in all my resolutions in all at once. But, you know, we shall see. Hopefully this year, just be – all be good people. I'll be a good person. I'll try to.
1: So I have a, I have a new beers resolution. Yeah. I want to try yeah. try just try more beers.
3: Yeah, oh, that's, that's a fine. great you like, one. That one?
1: Mm-hmm. I like that one. Kurt likes that one. New I like beer it. new beers mm-hmm. re- resolution.
2: Yeah, well, there's a lot to try, in Charlotte. Oh, that's so right. Part.
1: Charlotte is a if you don't know if you're not from here, Charlotte mm-hmm. is a burgeoning uh, market for craft breweries. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Everywhere it's good place.
3: you look, there's a new brewery.
2: Yes.
1: Got to go to Twitter here. We asked, uh, where's your panic meter right now on the Charlotte Hornets season as we approach the halfway point? Uh One of our friends on Twitter, Mullins Mafia, love this guy, uh, uh, wrote for At The High for a little bit and uh, is an avid listener, and he says, level, quote, this might not be a top-four C team, but they are pretty good. However, how do they get better in the future? That is – that's – that's a weird level for your meter to be, but I I totally get it uh, because mm-hmm. I think I, I think they can still be a top four team. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's out of the. I mean, they're they're sitting at four now. Uh, Atlanta is surging though. Milwaukee is surging. They're going to have some critical matchups, uh, but they've got to be able to beat better teams. Uh, and they, they've they still got – now they're, they're dealing with some health issues. Marco Bellinelli, though, listed questionable for this game coming up on Wednesday night against Oklahoma City. So maybe – and I know that they don't necessarily need offense, guys. Offense hasn't been the issue, but Marco Bellinelli was such a critical player late in games that maybe just getting him back will – Elicit some memories of better times. <laughs> exactly.
3: Can I uh, see if you guys have noticed this? Okay. So the Clifford has always talked about the offense not being a problem, and they've been scoring points. Right. Did any of you think that they could actually score points like this and have Marvin and Frank struggling, struggling this yeah, struggling this mightily? In the field.
1: Well, they've been doing it, as I've said on the show, they've been doing it from mid range. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been getting Nick and Kimba more involved with mid range offense. That's mm-hmm. what worries me, though, a little bit, Claire, is that, you know, I, I don't know how sustainable that is, just like in Chicago, where, you know, after their three pointers went away, they went to the mid range offense and it went away from them. I just wonder, like, okay, if they're losing games scoring 111 points, what happens when uh, the ball movement's a little stagnant, the mid range shots aren't going in, and they score 99?
2: No, I completely agree. And so, you know, right now, and that's another reason why. Just to go back to one of my earlier points, I think that we need to give Kemba help because right now, what he's doing isn't sustainable, in my opinion. I think that he's having an all-star year. I think it's fantastic, but he has to be able to get some rest down, at least some stretch of the season. So I will say that. I know, I know, but I will well, say I know, that. No, that's fine. <laughs> no,
1: you're not the only one. I just, yeah. da- David, oh, uh, long-time listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, love this guy, David. I had a chance to meet him. And, I, and he just had a kid, so I have to be easy. Congrats, David.
2: Congrats. Yeah. Uh,
1: but he said uh I don't want to listen to your backup point guard talk again. Mm-hmm. I think he's talking eh. to me. He's not talking to Claire. Uh-oh. He's talking to me. Sessions was clearly the worst move of the offseason. Listen, David, just because you're a father now uh no, no. Thanks, I don't David. Think thanks, sessions David for, has thanks been David that for the bad comment. Though.
2: I don't think Sessions has well, been that listen, bad either.
1: Well, but... I-, I will admit. The the effective field goal percentage is way down from last season, and I bragged on his last season performance and stepping in for John Wall. So I'm ready to I'm ready to take this heat. Uh, his, his his shooting percentages are down. His you know his his point production is down. Um, I just think he's taking such a significantly different role in Charlotte, and and I honestly i I think it's admirable that he was able to come in after having a more significant role off the bench in Washington, where he was expected to do a lot more with the wizards and, and come back to Charlotte and and fit the way he's fit. No, he's not been a dynamic offensive player and he's not been able to lift. And and I think if, if there was a little bit more lift from Frank Kaminsky, if they could count on uh, the backup center position more for offense and, and you know, as it, it shines more now than ever because of Marco Bellinelli's absence. But I think if, if those three things were the case, if they had more impact from those positions, nobody would say be saying anything about Sessions other than, you know, he's, he's done well distributing the basketball. But anyway, I'm not going to convince David. Hey, David's so, done with my – I'm saying he's, he's done with it.
2: So done. So done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the comments, guys. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to dig into this Oklahoma City game. Uh, Real quickly, a little deeper before we get out of here, and then we've got a quick game of phase and stays, phase or stays. (laughs) Hornets are back in Charlotte to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday night. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock p.m. at the Spectrum Center. It's been nearly a year since the Hornets and the Thunder have last met. January 20th of last year, the Hornets dropped their 11th straight game to the Thunder, so they will be uh, hoping that it doesn't make twelve. On Wednesday, Hornets will try to snap that streak. Uh, The Thunder come in off a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Monday. They are seventh in the West. Obviously, they lost Kevin Durant in the offseason to the Warriors, Serge Ibaka to the Magic. You know that already. They add Victor Oladipo, as you said, though, injured, and Jeremy Grants. Uh, We all know about Russell Westbrook. He's dominating the ball, averaging that triple-double. But other than, you know, get out the Westbrook voodoo dolls and and try to work some magic to slow him down – uh, what does this team need to do to find a way to fi- beat a team that has a, a, an all-star level player on it?
3: You know, this game, I think this is actually be a good game to see if they can be tough. Well, we've seen them be tough at times. The sustainability is the problem. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, they're not that good, but one thing they are, they're scrappy. Yeah, and Adams, and Adams and cancer will yes. beat you up inside. And that's what I would really like to see if Charlotte can match that. Because this is a game that they could lose. Clifford has talked about their toughness, their physicality. And Oklahoma City, they're not that skilled. But you best believe for 48 minutes, you're going to get it. And they're no, going to give you everything. Wow,
1: that's a great point. Because this is a true test. Because we know the Hornets are built on skill. They're not necessarily built on physicality. And so Clifford often stresses the fact that the Hornets have to step up their Their physicality because of the fact that they aren't just naturally gifted athletically. They're more a skill based team. (laughs) Oklahoma City, the opposite. I mean, they've just, they're not skill based. They've just got a lot of uh, players trying to prove themselves, especially off that bench.
2: Well, Oklahoma City's actually one of those teams that actually does draft really well in my opinion i think that they have made some interesting trades everyone's going to talk about the james harden trade perfectly personally i was a fan of that i thought that it was kind of addition by subtraction for both parties i digress anyways (laughs) um like i said earlier uh right now oklahoma city basically goes away that russell westbrook goes. if russell westbrook is having a good game the rest of the team is going to have a good game if he's not they're not and like i said earlier a lot of their games have been by surprisingly steep losses or, or, I'm sorry, a lot of their losses have been by surprisingly steep, steep margins, margins. I'm yeah. sorry. But so it, it, part of that is also, like I said, due to the play of Russell Westbrook. So if we can try and shut that down, that'd be great. But obviously MKG is coming off of two really physical games a, guarding LeBron James and then guarding Jimmy Butler. So it's going to it's gonna be a tough task for him. Hopefully we can use our interior guys to lock down Adams and Cantor because I think that that's also going to be a big thing. Yeah, blocking but...
1: out is going to be key because mm-hmm. boards, <laughs> boards have really been a barometer for this team. They're currently the sixth leading rebound team in the NBA mm-hmm. at 45.2 rebounds per game. And Oklahoma City, a perfect 8-0 and when they uh, out-rebound the other team by double digits. So the Hornets have to be uh, on the glass, all four quarters. And and you talk about Russell Westbrook and how he waxes and wanes sometimes offensively. That happened in their last game, and Milwaukee was able to stick with it. They were down uh, 15 uh, points at one point, and they were able to stick with it. That's what the Hornets have to do. If Russell Westbrook starts to get hot, you cannot get flustered. You cannot let up, and you cannot let uh, his offensive performance affect your offensive performance. Have to stay consistent throughout this game and give maximum effort. Otherwise, uh, this one's going to be another L, a third straight one for the
2: Hornets. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, uh, and one of the things to kind of consider right now is, though even though is out, they still do have some pretty good shooters. And because Russell Westbrook does draw so much defensive uh, attention, if you leave those shooters out there, they can really hurt you. They still have some good shooters. But, I mean, if you get even mediocre shooters in the NBA – wide-open threes, chances are they're probably going to make them. Except, except for Frank and except Marvin. For, oh, we're calm, not, not going to talk down. about that. <laughs> <Calm down>. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. But, you know, another thing to think of is if, if Russell Westbrook does get hot, if he does start to kind of turn the jets on, in my opinion, I would actually kind of let the help defense go a little bit, you double. lock down, lock down on all those outlet That's passes. That's been an issue. And like just... They don't
1: double. They didn't double Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they considered right. doubling Serge Ibaka when he had 20 points in the first mm-hmm. half, but they were going to wait till the second half to see if they continued to go to Serge. They did not in right. Orlando. I'm telling you what, if if Russell Westbrook's got 20 in the first, they're, they're going to keep going mm-hmm. to him. So I think you have to, so. if, if, if Russell g- gets going, I think you have to consider uh, and make those uh, make those uh, Robertson and and other players beat you. Don't let Russell Westbrook beat you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, I think Andrew R- Robertson is kind of OKC's version of MKG right now. Is yeah. that like he's on the team for defense <laughs> yeah. and he's make not a massive scoring threat? So yeah, no, I completely. That's they
1: they should have in if if they had made Miritich. Mm-hmm. Make to shoot again. Yep. I said it on exactly. Twitter. Like, you got to force the ball out of out of Jimmy Butler's hands. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think at some point the panic meter has to hit for uh, the Hornets, and, and they have to start going. You know, we've talked about it on the show. Have teams figured this team out defensively and say, look, mm-hmm. if we've got a great off- uh, isolation player and we can get him going in the first half, it could mean big things against this defense that's not going to double very quickly uh, so it'll be interesting to watch uh, this is going to be a fun game on Wednesday night you want and a fun fact give it to me I love fun facts, I love fun facts. And they're way better than not fun facts guess
3: what Russell uh, Westbrook's a Cowboys fan Keep going.
1: All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Real quick game as we get out of here. Uh, Faze and Stays. Uh, Really quick comments here on these. Uh, First one, the three-point shooting struggles before the game against the Bulls. Uh, In their last 10 games, only 26% from beyond the arc and uh, only 26 attempts per game. That's down three from their pace last season. Again, only over the last 10 games. But still, three-point shooting has been a struggle overall. Faze or Stays?
3: I'm going Stays. Stays the good,
1: and we heard in the offseason that shooting could be a struggle. It started off well, has Wayne. You say stays. What do you say, Phaser? Stays on three point shooting.
2: Um, if we can up that ball rotation to the weak side, I talked about earlier. Oh, wow. Uh, then I would say, I Uh, love it.
1: You're you're already a pro. This Uh,
2: is why I like being.
1: I'm gonna say stays unless they make a move for for some shooting help. I I think Mm -hmm. I think they've I think that definitely stays. All right, number two, um, Roy Hibbert staying in the rotation or is he phased out eventually this is a little take on uh phaser stays is he going to stay in the rotation this entire season or will he be phased out
2: eventually
3: i definitely think he's going to get phased out
2: (laughs) bye-bye um he has to use Cody's absence as an opportunity. If he doesn't, I agree, he's going to be phased out.
1: It's tough because I mean these these are the times when playoff decisions start to get made. Mm-hmm. When you start to think about what this rotation is going to look like if this team is able to move on uh, in into April and May. So yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think it's it's right now. It's st- he'll he'll stay in the rotation, um, but this is definitely gut check time uh, mm-hmm. for. Uh, Roy Hibber, because Spencer Hawes, we know he's not going to give up. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. Spencer Hawes is not going to sit down and and, and let this opportunity pass him by. He's going to be aggressive. Um, Finally, a phaser stays. Superstars annihilating the Hornets. Phaser stays.
3: Stays. It Uh, it started with Darren Williams. And once Darren got started, then it just went to LeBron and then Melo and then... It just yeah, it, it doesn't see it
1: head hasn't head. ended yet. Phaser stays superstars annihilating the Charlotte Hornets in isolation and otherwise.
2: Um, I, I think stays unless we talked about it earlier. You know, you got to double and get a way to force gotta the ball out of something the, different. Yeah, 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 something force you know, the ball out of you know the the superstars' hands. I mean, there's when we hear
1: the same messages mm-hmm. game after game from Steve Clifford and it's not translating. At some point, I think yeah, I think you, maybe something. Something You have to at least give something a try now as opposed to waiting waiting too long. No,
2: the defense is <laughs> wrong.
1: <laughs> I love it. One last dropity drop from Captain Kurt, the the MVP of this show, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you, Claire, for stepping in. Thank you. Uh, for David here on Locked on thank Hornets you. Live. Yeah. Really appreciate you helping us out. Absolutely. And I love the showdown every week here. You can follow her on Twitter at Calamity underscore James. Don't yes. follow this guy. He's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> hey, you can follow us at Locked on Hornets. Thanks for listening to this live edition of Locked on Hornets. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Stay up to date on everything involving your Charlotte Hornets every single day. We want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments. Maybe we didn't get to one that you tweeted us or uh, YouTube us here live. Send it to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com via email. For uh, David, have a fun vacation, you son of a... And for Justin and Claire and Captain Kurt and our new social media coordinator Zach, shout out to Zach, getting those Tweety tweets out. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you. We'll see you next week, and and I'll see you tomorrow.